Before we get into this week's episode of Life is Better with You Here, we would like to offer our audience a content warning. We will be discussing sexual health, STDs, STIs, and HIV AIDS. Information provided in this episode is meant to inform our audience on how to take care of their sexual health. However, we understand that some may find this discussion unsuitable. Please join us next week if you choose to skip this episode. Welcome to the Life is Better with Your podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help, and where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is protecting your genitals and HIV AIDS. With special guest, Lisa Pointer. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to Life is Better with You Here. My name is Dr. Shavana Childs, and we are so glad you're gonna join us today. We're gonna have a talk about our sexual health and protecting our genitals. Our guest is going to be Lisa Pointer. She is a healthcare worker with extreme experience in this field. She has a lot of knowledge that she's gonna share with us and her energy is beautiful. So you're going to enjoy this. We're gonna share some facts. We're gonna share some safety tips. We're gonna share some statistics because you know I love to share statistics with you all. But before we get started, we're going to have a mindful minute, okay? We're gonna sit back. We're going to relax. We're going to get our minds and our bodies ready to receive all of this knowledge. So sit back, find a good space, whether you're laying down, reclining on the couch, sitting in your chair, be in a comfortable space to do this one to two minute quick breathing exercise. Okay? So the easiest Body-only technique for relaxation is something you've been doing since your arrival in the world. Breathing, it comes easy to us. Everyone breathes, but few know how to breathe for relaxation, and there is a difference. Stop now and take a truly relaxing breath. Inhale through your nose with a shallow breath and exhale through your mouth. Inhale slightly more and exhale now with sound. Inhale more deeply and again exhale forcefully. Get it all out. Inhale to capacity and exhale completely emptying your lungs all the way. Repeat this breath cycle 10 times, okay? So inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Feel the tension leaving, inhale, Exhale, inhale, exhale, one more time, inhale, exhale. You will do that five more times or until you feel completely relaxed. Maintaining a steady rhythm of inhalations and exhalations 
as you breathe. Now that you're fully relaxed, I hope, and ready to move on, we are going to talk about our sexual health today. Just like we check in with our mental health and just like we check in with our physical health, our sexual health is equally important. And so a few of the statistics that I want to read to you guys specific to African-Americans, because as you know, we have a healthcare disparity when it comes to our population. This is no different. There's still a healthcare disparity here for us. So out of approximately 36,801 new HIV diagnosis, we account for 42% of that population. We're only 12 to 13% of the United States, yet we're accounting for 42% of new HIV diagnosis. The other things, not just with HIV, but also with other STDs, we are being disproportionately affected. So I'm going to read here just a few more things that I found out. Gonorrhea rates are 30 times higher in African-Americans than they are in white people. African-American women, my sisters, my queens, we're at higher risk for genital herpes, okay? And so this is why we want to have these conversations. We want to educate. We want to talk about this. You know, I don't know how old you are, but we remember that salt and pepper song, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about it. We need to be informed. This is not something we need to shy away from, feel stigmatized about. We need to know this information, okay? So with that, I'm going to introduce Lisa Pointer, and I will let her start and give us this beautiful information that we've been waiting for. Lisa? Hey, everyone. My name is Lisa Pointer. I'm a licensed community health worker, and I work here in Northeast Ohio. Um, I am excited to be here today. So a couple things. These, these condoms. They're, they're free. You get them from the Department of Health. Um, and there's a lot of myth around condoms. But one thing I do for my patients is I just put them on. You know, I've had young ladies say, oh, he said he didn't fit. I think it can fit, buddy. Um, and I always do the scratch test because the condoms, they are amazing. Like, I'm actually scratching with my nails and I didn't break it. Um, so having condoms, checking the dates on the condoms, those are, those things are important. Um, before I, you know, get, get started, I just want to say we are, I feel like we're in our own little crisis with, uh, new rates of infection with HIV, syphilis, hepatitis C, all, all the STIs in our community and something has to be done. Um, because women are being disproportionately affected by these numbers. Um, you know, when you go to look at the statistics, like you said, 42% of new HIV diagnosis, that's crazy. Um, in, let's see, this is another one. In 2018, for every 100 Black Americans living with HIV, 63 received some care, 48 were retained in care, and 51 were virally suppressed. We need also to know who has HIV so that we can get that person medically compliant. Because it's one thing to live with HIV and you're taking your medicine and you're undetectable. We hear a lot about you equals you. Undetectable means you can't transmit it. But for our friends in the community that have HIV, 
they don't know their status and they're engaging in sex with multiple people, that's where we're looking at community spread. And that's a problem. So, so Lisa, I'm sorry to interrupt. So there mm-hmm. you said some very thing, some very good things and some good information. Can you go back and can you explain to me what viral suppressed means? That means that they are taking their medicine. They're medically compliant. Um, they're they're going to check in with their with their doctor. They're taking their HIV meds and they're not able to um, transmit, you know, the the virus. That's what we want. We want everyone to become medically compliant. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the other thing I heard you say is, you know, there are a lot of us out there who might have it and not know it. Right. Can you talk about what, why that looks the way that it does. Okay. Well, one thing I see at the hospital I work at, um, it's, there is a culture of people will come in and they, they expect if I have an STI, I can just get an antibiotic shot in my arm or my buttocks and, and I'm good. And that, and I can get some urine. We need your blood. We need to test your blood because if you do a urine test, that's only going to check for gonorrhea, uh, chlamydia, trichomonas. Um, you have to do the, the urine plus the wet prep. But what we're trying to, again, with the grid that I'm on, we're trying to move towards universal testing so that everyone that's coming in for an STI check, there's no reason why you didn't get tested for HIV, syphilis, and um, hepatitis C. And those are um, checked through your blood. I love that. Just trying to take that initiative. Yeah. Because um, in our other partner uh, states where they have universal testing, they're able to see where the problem is. Like, okay, these zip codes have a, a high rate of spread and we need to do more community work here because we can tell where the where the issue is versus we just don't know. And we're out here blind and people are being infected and their lives are being impacted. Thus impacting our community. Yes. And so I, I love the condom demonstration. That was amazing. So, and you were speaking about how serious this is in our community and the multiple STDs, STIs that are out there. Um, and so I will let you go on and talk more about that. Yeah. One thing I've done with the grant that I'm on, uh, we are, we ask certain questions when people come in for an STD, STI check. Um, so some of the questions we ask, which is what causes me to have concern, <laughs> um, uh, in the past six months, um, have you had sex with men, women, or both? Great question. Nothing wrong with that. The next question in the past six months, how many did you have, how many men or women did you have sex with? That number, there's a big disparity with what women are saying versus what men are saying. And, and, and I am in no way bashing any sex. I love all of our people equally, but, um, mm-hmm. The numbers are telling a very serious story because when I'm asking women that question, there is one or two. Usually they broke up with a person because they'll, they'll explain like, yeah, I broke up with such and such in this month. And then I started a new relationship and I just want to make sure I'm good. I've had, I've literally had young men pick up their phone and scroll like, hold on, let me check. Uh, and they're counting their text messages and they're counting their call logs. Wow. And when you, and then when you go to the next question, and this is why these questions matter, because how many times did you have 
anal sex or vaginal sex where you did not use a condom? That is the next question. And when we hear zero times that you had these had that type of sex mm-hmm. and you did not use a condom, then you couple that with how many people that you're having sex with, then we get a big problem. We, we, we have a big problem. And I think some of that is with how we condition young men and socialize young men and women. I agree. It's very, very, you know, I mean, you're of the generation that uh, you better be smart. You better go to school. You better, you know, you better go to Sunday school. You better go to college. You better be something. We were socialized to be, to be nice. Mm -hmm. And our young men were socialized totally different to be aggressive, to get what they want. And in that, we are, we are reaping the, reaping something that, that I don't think we expected that we were going to get as a society. As a and black. I, I agree with you because I was going to ask about women reporting, oh, one or two people and guys are like, oh, let me check my Instagram, my Facebook DMs, let me check. And they're like, okay with that. But like you said, the way we're socialized, yes. girls should be nice. Girls yes. only have one partner. We don't Correct. sleep with a lot of people. And that's a stigma that gets put on young women. That if it you is. have a, a partner or more than one partner or you've had multiple partners, then you're labeled. Yes. And so do you think that some of that is the reason that you have women coming in saying, oh, it's just one person and I started a new relationship and not pulling out their little black book? We and, and I want to I want to clarify, we do have some women who are sex workers who are sexually liberated. That is not the norm, you know, and, and, and we're just looking at our data. That is not the norm. That is a very smaller subset of our data. Okay. Uh, so and, and I try and make. All of our patients feel as comfortable as possible. I let them know, listen, I love you. I am here to take care of you. I do not care. I'm not judging you. I need you to get to get accurate information so that you can live the life you deserve. And I don't want any sexually transmitted infection to compromise your level of happiness and your routines that you have or your dreams for the future. So I I really try and be authentic and Mm -hmm. and let them feel comfortable. And I know it's a short period of time, but establishing rapport is so important because I don't want them to get turned off by my level questioning. Um, and I just want them to know that I am really here for you and I want you to get your power back. Okay. Whatever led you here to where you are coming in here for STI check, I don't care. I want you to leave here with the knowledge you need and I don't want to see you again unless you work here. <laughs> well, that's the be. You know, it's, it's hard work. It's, it's a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. but it's intentional. Okay. And, and the work that you do is, is intentional. It's very much needed. Um, we need a safe space to say what we need to say and not be scared to get tested. A lot of people, I think our rates are sometimes higher is because, A, we don't have access. Yep. Or when we go in, we say these are our concerns and sometimes they're often dismissed and further testing isn't done. So yeah. there's also this part of There's also this part of advocacy that we need to have for ourselves and take care of our sexual health. Right. You know, and dispel some of the myths that we have around HIV, AIDS, and any other STDs or STIs. Right. 
because I, I think, you know, most people think that you get HIV um, because you slept with somebody who was a homosexual. Right. That That's not the truth. No, that is not the truth. And I'm looking at my statistics here um, for African-American people and most for women were through heterosexual contact. Yes. Most of that was through heterosexual contact. Um, 8% was through IV drug use. Yes. Only 8%. So 91% was through heterosexual contact. Yes. Okay, so that dispels the myth. You know, we had all these negative myths about HIV and AIDS when it first came out, this being a right. gay disease. It is not a gay disease. It is a human being disease. Yeah. It is a human being disease. And for men... Um, 79% was through heterosexual contact for our African-American men. 14% was through, um, oh, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. Nine, 79% was from male to male sexual contact. Only 14% was heterosexual. IV was four for drug use and sexual contact and IV drug use together was 3%. So there's just this big disparity going on here. And with the numbers, knowing actually how it's transmitted, we all need to be careful. We all need to be honest yeah. about what we're doing and who we're doing it with. Yes. And I think erasing some of the stigma that we have that I think, and I might be wrong, but I think it's particularly with women. Yes. And sex. I feel like we're not supposed to enjoy sex. We're just supposed to have sex for procreation. We're human beings too, just like men. Right. We enjoy sex. Yes. You no. Know? And so there needs to be that out there. And I'm glad we're being educated and we have people like you that are speaking to us and telling us those things. Yes. Um, really quickly, I have a funny story about a patient I just talked to this week. Um, she was coming in for STI check and you know she did end up having um I think trichomonas and chlamydia and we were like listen you are going to be fine we're going to treat you we're going to take care of you you're good she was like no I'm not good because I'm only with one man I could have been with somebody else and she realized that it was her partner and she had this was not her first time coming to us she was a repeat so that means your partner has stepped out twice and brought you back a gift that is um not pleasant so I was explaining to her like you know part of you getting your power back is knowing your status but also encouraging your partner to get there to know their status too and this is a good way to weed out people who are not meant for you um we do a lot of settling at different stages in life and for various reasons we cannot settle with knowing your status that is it is a non-negotiable. You have to know your status. And the person that you're with, you need to know their status as well. And if they're not willing to give it to you, then that might be a sign that that's someone that you don't need to deal with. Because this is a young lady who has been infected twice. And the scary part is that she is pregnant now. You know, and when you think of things like birth defects, when you think of things like trichomonas, and that some of these uh, STIs are parasites. And you think about the fact that there's a child in your belly. We don't want parasite impacting our children, our unborn children. Um, you know, it, some of the stories that that I see and some of the people that I see is just amazing. Um, 
I had a young man who thought, you know, myth. He thought that because his baby mother was tested last week and she was good, that he didn't get need to get tested. Now, this is his child's mother. She's six months pregnant and she's tested and she's good. But when we asked him, go back to these questions, in the past six months, how many people have you had sex with? And he said, seven people. Wow. And when I asked him, I said, you need to get tested for not just your safety, for the safety of your onboard child. He said, no, I don't want to because she got tested and I'm good. That's a problem. And he's not the first one I've heard, unfortunately. So the only way that women are going to be able to get their power back, men and women are, is making sure that your partner gets tested and they present that, those, that information to you and not just a gonorrhea, chlamydia, wet prep. You need a full panel. I absolutely agree. And so it is funny that you bring up that myth. I was on the internet looking at some other myths and that actually was one of them. Um, is thinking that if your partner got tested, you didn't need to get tested. Oh, yes, I hear it all the time. And it's, it's crazy business. Like, um, you, you have to know your own status for yourself because what if something is dormant in you? Or what if you're a healthy person? Mm -hmm. You know, like with HIV, if you're a, this is not for all cases, but for some people that are extremely healthy, you mm -hmm. know, well and work out, it may not present the way it would as someone that's sick with diabetes and high blood pressure and other comorbidities. So it's really important that everyone know their status. We had a guy that had HIV for, for years and didn't know it because he was healthy. Wow. So there, there are STIs, STDs that can be dormant in your system and you not be aware. Herpes. There are some people who have herpes who've never had an outbreak or who, who had an outbreak and thought it was a pimple and it's gone. And, but, but when you test them, they have these things. And, and I think it's like one in four, the statistic for herpes, one in four people, one in four Americans. Wow. And that's, <laughs> that's a large number, but we stigmatize number. herpes, like yeah. only a few people have it. And it's this horrible, deadly thing mm -hmm. and only no. trashy people or only, you know, people who are sexually inappropriate or sexual. Yeah, promiscuous. And the reality of it is it could be one in four. So right. if you know five people, if you got five people in the room, the likelihood is right. one of them has herpes. One of them has herpes. I, I do this with my patients a lot. We'll just open the door. I'm like, how many people do you think out there? Well, like uh, 20, 30. I'm like, exactly. One in four. I want you to start doing the math quickly now. Well, so I don't, I don't want them to feel like they're alone. Um, when they get a new diagnosis, it's not 1989. You're not going to die a horrible death if you get HIV. There are people who are living well into their 80s and 90s who are who, who are living with HIV. It's not a death sentence. Um, herpes is not a death sentence. All of these sexually transmitted infections are treatable, but we need to know who has them and, and, and treat them and get everyone med compliant. That's, that's the biggest thing. I love that. So the other thing, I'm going to go over a few more of the STDs and you can like give me the facts on these because <laughs> so one of the first myths is only trashy people get STDs. What, what do you say to that? I was working at the University of the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C. And I was tabling. I had my condoms. I had my dental dams out there. I'm telling people about condoms and I'm trying to get everybody safe, right? 
and I saw a woman who was a little bit older. And you can tell when someone is uncomfortable and they might not want to approach your table. I'm always trying to identify people like who, who, who need me, okay? If I go, I walk with her, I talk with her. I know she's got a ring on her hand. She's got to be in her 60s. And I'm assuming that she's coming to get information for her, her grandbabies or her kids. So I'm telling her about uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis. I'm like, yeah, it's a one daily pill you can take so that you don't um, contract HIV. I'm telling her about PrEP. I'm telling her about, uh, you know, the dental dams. I'm like, and these are flavored. And, you know, y'all know where everyone's mouth's been. <laughs> you know, we're just having a good <laughs> conversation. And she's just eating it up. I didn't, she took a bunch of stuff. She took my car and she left. Fast forward, I see her maybe six months later. Her ring is gone. She's like, you saved my life. She run up to me like, you saved my life. And I'm like, okay, hey, girl. And I'm um, She's like, well, she's like, I've been with my husband since I graduated high school. You know, I was raised Southern Baptist, you know, but a couple of years ago, I got infected with syphilis. She's like, then right before I came to your table, I went for my well woman exam and they said I had chlamydia. She was like, I have never, I don't know what another man smell like. She was like, I was raised right. I have my values, my morals, and I stick by them. And she was like, he, he was cheating on me. He has unexplained charges and she'd give me the background. I'm like, oh my Lord. But I had told her about PrEP. She was like, after I talked to you, I went and told my doctor. My doctor put me on PrEP um, and I started using the SC2. I told her about the SC2 condom, uh, which is the female condom, which can be inserted into the vaginal canal um, 15 minutes prior to intercourse. I told her about that. And then she told me something that broke my heart. She was like, you know, I never had foreplay from my husband. This lady was all, she was in her wow. 60s. And she was like, well, I knew if I put the female condom in, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. She was like, I just put lube in, I put the condom in. And she was like, he wouldn't know because he don't never even go down there. Oh, I can't imagine a life like that. But this is the reality for some women who are, mm -hmm. who are socialized this way. And they're, there's a big disservice, but long story short, they were getting divorced and he did not want to share assets with her. Um, but when they were in mediation, um, he told his lawyer to explain to her that she needed to get tested for HIV because he had contracted HIV from one of his mistresses. Wow. And she was like, um, I don't need to get tested for HIV because I get tested every Friday uh, with my doctor. Um, she was like, I'm, I've been on prep because I know you've been cheating. She was like, you have HIV. I don't have HIV. And he lost his mind in that mediation. He actually got locked up um, because it was shown that he knew that he had HIV and did not disclose it to her. So he was actually being harmful and deceptive. Mm. Um, and then she was able to use the fact that he gave her two other SCIs and that she didn't have any other partner. So she ended up with everything. But I think, you know, about what if I didn't go talk to her? You know, what if, if we were out here doing this advocacy work and trying to just be friendly and let people know that you don't have to have this, this shame that's on people, um, that it's okay to talk about sex, that yes, you deserve to orgasm because... Mm -hmm. One thing that killed me if I called an STI for somebody and I didn't get an orgasm. <laughs> so, you know, but these are realities like that. You're right. That that we need to talk about that you deserve to experience pleasure. You deserve to be safe and that your partner should be a safe space for you to explore and have fun in your sexuality. So I 
absolutely agree. And thank you for that story. That is an amazing story. And it goes to show that if we protect ourselves, we can mm-hmm. be okay. We can yep. be okay. We just need to know to get tested and not be afraid to go get tested, not be afraid to advocate for yourself with your doctor. And if you feel like you have a doctor that's blowing you off or dismissing you, get another doctor. That's how powerful we are. Just go get another doctor. You are in control of you. You have the power so you can do that. Yeah. So one of the other myths, and I'm, I'm sitting here giggling, but there are people who think like this. And I don't know if it's because we don't want to face it. It's something we don't want to think about. But we think if my partner had an STD, I, could, I would see it. Would you really? Um, unless they have a herpes outbreak or they have severe syphilis where it's presenting on their hands and genitals. No, no, you won't see it. You won't see it. And um, you need to get tested. Everyone should get tested. I recommend in and out of a relationship, but also, so yes, you should get tested before you get in a relationship. So you know that you, what you and your partner are bringing to the relationship. You should get tested going out because you don't know what you could have got during, but also you should get yearly checks as well. So however that works for your timeline, got to do it. Well, For me, if you're getting a yearly check and hopefully you're also getting a yearly physical during your yearly physical, ask for that that blood test or that urine test. Full panel. Ask for everything because you need to know your status, not just sexually. You need to know your health status. Exactly. We need to be aware, but our sexual health is just as important as our physical and mental health. Um, Because, you know... Contracting one of these diseases is definitely going to take you to a different mental health space. Anxiety, depression. I've spoken to clients who are getting divorced now because they contracted herpes and it wasn't anything she had done, but it happened in a delivery room. Right. In the delivery room. She had not been with anybody else. And her husband understood He was okay with it. He loved her unconditionally. But she was so distraught that she had this nasty disease. She felt worthless. She felt useless. She felt helpless. And she didn't want to damage his life any further. So she ended up divorcing a man she had been married to for a long time. That's hurtful. And it was very hurtful. She was hurt. She didn't know what to do. And her thought was, I'll never have another relationship because who's going to want me? Right. That's not true. So again, this is how these things can affect our mental health. We we need to be aware. We need to be tested. Even if we're scared to be tested, I always tell you guys, you can be scared and you can do it anyway. I'd rather know. Yes. Not know. Yes. I'd rather know than not know. And so then I can choose what I'm going to do. And then you could protect whoever else is around you. That's it. That's it. Spoken perfectly. Yes. So one of the other myths, and you also spoke to this already, is you can avoid STDs by having anal or oral sex. Could you please speak to that? Anal sex, if you don't have the right lubrication, anal sex can be a violent, painful, multiple tearing uh, sexual event. Okay. So you are more susceptible to tears and abrasions um, from anal sex than vaginal sex. Um, 
So your chances of being exposed to things like HIV, hepatitis C, syphilis, all of those is greater. Um, and the same with oral sex. Also with oral sex, one thing I want to talk about, and I wrote this down, make sure your partner that you're having sex with has been to a dentist. Hmm. Because the bacterial vaginosis, you know, when we find uh, that your pH is off or that you're that you have an infection, a lot of people discredit the mouth and they discredit the fingers. But if someone is going to touch you, if you are allowing someone the privilege and the honor of pleasuring you, I would hope and pray that they are washing their hands. Like you, we cannot just come from outside and have sex. Wash your hands. Take a shower together. And let's normalize other um, ways to be intimate, you know, yeah. other non-sexual forms of intimacy. So let's take a shower together. Let me cleanse you. Let me let me make sure you wash your butt because the number of women that have that are coming in with bacterial vaginosis and needing to take a pill antibiotic to get rid of these things is just ridiculous. And a lot of that could be from dirty fingernails, you know touching your clitoris, touching your, your, um, your vulva, touching your, your, your breast and dirty mouths. They gotta, they gotta look good on the inside and out. They need, we need to be engaging in sex with healthy individuals all the way around. I like that. I like that. Never thought about the cleansing of the mouth and having a clean well, and how that can impact. <laughs> Lisa, tell us how you really feel. Listen, oh my gosh, um, just the dirty fingernails. Like I know, and we have a lot of stereotypes too. And a lot of this is, um, there are cultural shifts that have to happen within, I'm, I'm only Black, I can only speak on the Black community. Um, but within our community, things that we consider to be, um, oh, that's gay. You know, right. there is not gay. You don't, when you said you got to go get a, a, a full set, but getting these things filed, you know, um, getting those hangnails off, which it really mm -hmm. cause damage. You know, you're down there trying to be a DJ on somebody's clitoris and you could cut them up and infect them with your dirty nails. But we do not want that. Um, let's make thank sure you. you're clear. Thank you let's for sure that. Uh, yeah, thank you for that <laughs> metaphor. That's hilarious. I cannot get that out of my head. So but I love we can have fun with this and talk about it in a fun way because we need to loosen up yes. and we, we need to be aware of our bodies, what it looks like, what it feels like, what's right, right. what's wrong and get it checked. You only yes. get one. Okay. You only get one. Only get one. Okay. And so the last one that I have here is once you've had an STD, there's no chance of you getting it again. Um, I, we've had a lot of myths um, pop up in the age of COVID and internet doctors. You know, you have spent a lot of years in your doctorate and I do not have my doctorate. So there are going to be certain things that you're going to be an expert on. There are going to be certain things that I'm going to be an expert mm -hmm. on. But these myths have gotten out of control. And I've seen them on TikTok. I've seen people go into whole think pieces about them. Like, there is no immunity with STIs. That's why we have repeat patients who come in, they have the same thing again. You're getting it from the same person or the same community because there's community spread in the zip code. You know, this zip code might be hot. Um, no, we, 
you can, there is no immunity. There's no herd immunity with these STIs. You can be reinfected and you can, you can die. Like you can have, um, like if you have untreated uh, syphilis, mm -hmm. can mess up your spine, your, um, your brain, you could die. Like these are side effects. Like these are real, um, I don't have life side effects, but these are real life side effects. And it's nothing to play with. Your children can have birth effects. It's just too risky to um to not have safe sex. I mean, you consent to having a good time. You consent to an orgasm. You do not consent to having your body betrayed by the STI. I so. like that. Okay. So we also have this section that we call um, where there's help, where there's hope, there's help. Yes. So now we want to talk about the help. What can we do to protect our bodies? What would you want? people to know about protecting themselves from STDs, where they can get help, where there's hope for them. So if you, everyone doesn't have the privilege of having a primary care physician or OB that they go to. So if you need some quick help, always come see one of us at the, at the ER. Um, I know St. Vincent's is closed, but you have Metro Health on West 25th. You have um, Cleveland Clinic's emergency room and you have University Hospital's emergency room. You can come and be treated right away. Um, and that's no matter what city you're in. If you have an ED, an emergency department, you can go. You can be treated. If you have an STI like, um, that, that requires an antibiotic, they can give you a shot or pills right away, send you a prescription to your local pharmacy. Um, and there are things like charity care. So if you cannot afford um, to pay for your, your bill, you will be stuck with a bill. Um, at different hospitals, but there are also local work, uh, organizations like Care Alliance, um, the centers. There are, what I like to do with my patients is I'm like, you got a smartphone? Let's pull it out. So we will go and we'll type in uh, treatment centers. You have uh, Planned Parenthood. You have these different organizations and you could just type it in. I need help with X in this city. And Alyssa populate for you. Um, we have these smartphones. We got to use them. Um, so there is help out there. There are so many organizations you go can go to. Greater uh, the AIDS Task Force. Mm -hmm. You can go to your local health department and get condoms. You, all you need to do is know where it's at. And if you don't have access to a computer, you can go to your local library. A librarian can help you. If you need to print out uh, information, there is help there. So there is help in the community. You just got to look for it or find one of us in the ED and we'll help you. <laughs> Lisa, you have been amazing. The information has been amazing. I really want to thank you for being here and sharing this with us. Um, I know it is helping somebody. And I just want to say for everybody out there, get yourself tested. Don't be afraid. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you get tested? You're going to figure out your status and then you'll know what to do. But if you don't get tested and you're out here and you don't know what's going on with your health, that can be very detrimental. Okay. And so my affirmation for you today is my sexual health is just as important as my mental and physical health. And I will check on it regularly. And remember, regardless of your journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you. And we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and many more. 
We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. We would also like to thank our special guest, Lisa Pointer, for joining us today. And don't forget to visit our website, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. If you have any suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text STEVE, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.